I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about, in the first five, uh, who runs America? Shall we begin the indictment wars? Uh, yes, Alvin Bragg is a Soros DA, and Lindsey Graham clueless about the restrict bill, which he co-sponsored. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. And hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. If you watch the show very often, you're thinking, what is that background? You know, I do the show from home maybe about half the time. Um, we move a little farther away, so I have a home studio. And I didn't like the plain brown background. I wanted to play with it. So we're trying this blue background today. We'll see how we do with it. Uh, but same show, same Debbie Georgiatis, same America Can We Talk. In the first five, I call this Who Runs America? You know, obviously the world is really riveting on what's happening today in New York City with President Trump uh, sitting through a nearly one hour long uh, hearing. He was arraigned in uh, court today in New York State Court uh, on these charges that were concocted out of um, nothing from coming from the Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. And you know, you look at this, and I'm, I'm what you know. I could show you lots of scenes. In fact, I'll quick do that now. I did send Emilio a couple quick pictures. Uh, one was when President Trump arrived in New York. Uh, he kind of gave a high sign wave. If we can show that picture very briefly, um, you know, he just got out and said, "Yep, yeah, he's you know, look, fist in the air, holding strong, hanging in there," um, which you gotta love. And the next picture I sent. These are these are people. Um, in New York City, that was quite a, a large crowd that gathered not only in New York City to show support for him. Marjorie Taylor Greene showed up in New York City to stand up for Trump. And actually in Florida, before he left home, uh, before he left Mar-a-Lago, literally for miles on along the way, as a car was moving from Mar-a-Lago over to where he boards his plane, um, the streets were lined with people waving flags and standing up with pro-Trump messages, American flags. It's, it's impossible to overstate the importance of what we're uh, looking at today. And I'm gonna talk more about that um, in the next segment about the indictment war. But I just wanna make a few observations of why this is so alarming in America. Number one, and I've, you know, there has been a lot of conversation about, you know, kind of who really runs the country. And obviously anyone paying attention recognizes that Joe Biden, and I'm very sorry, it's true, but he's suffering some form, extreme form of dementia. He's uh, clearly regularly confused, can't remember what he was talking about, can't remember who he's talking to, can't remember why he's there that day, can't figure out which way to turn. I mean, he has, I, I don't even run these. I know many talk show hosts run these uh, series of missteps by uh, Biden. Um, I don't do that because I just, I mean, if you are paying an iota of attention of conversation at all to the American political scene, you already recognize that he's clearly suffering from dementia and is having a terrible time. He's obviously not really running the country. Most people surmise that behind the scenes, this is really Barack Obama's third term. He's calling the shots. Uh, many insiders report that Biden talks to Obama uh, numerous times daily. And then, so who's running Obama? So he's really behind the scenes pulling the strings, you know, total socialist, totally tied to the, the socialist Marxist movement in this world, very much tied
tied to the World Economic Forum. And, you know, so it's kind of Obama and his uh, Marxist globalist ilk really pulling the strings in the Biden administration. And then compounded with that, you have people pulling the strings in America in the form of district attorneys, such as Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. We'll talk a little later about Soros funding him and the uh, just completely lame efforts of some in the media to hide that, to pretend that's not true. It's true. It's ridiculous. You also have social media running America, the social media giants. You had YouTube owned by Google suspend the account of RSB right side broadcasting that intended to be in the courtroom today as Donald Trump was indicted and they were just suspended for 24 hours for nothing because as they say they did it because they can because Google owns YouTube and they can just say you know what we're just not going to let you air today right side broadcasting has been very prominent in uh, being the ones that display pretty much all of the uh, media related to Donald Trump. They will play his entire lengthy speeches he does at rallies. And so basically, this is Google kind of saying, you know, we're not going to let you talk because we have the power to not let you talk. So you have social media giants. You you have the um, the DAs who bring charges that are just utterly feckless and, and, and irresponsible and frankly dangerous to our democracy. And then turning to Congress, we're going to talk a little bit later in the show about Lindsey Graham, who got embarrassed big time as he was being interviewed by the um, on Jesse Waters show, where he was asked about the horrific bill that is kind of falling apart now. It's called the Restrict Act, but the horrific bill that was essentially the kind of updating of the Patriot Act, allowing the federal government to spy on everybody all the time in America. To summarize what the bill was doing, Lindsey Graham, live on air with Jesse Waters, was asked, why are you supporting this? Senator Graham, he's been in the Senate for, I think, since like 2002 or something. You know, he's a alleged Republican from South Carolina. He didn't know he was on the bill. He said, that sounds terrible. And Jesse Waters says, well, you're, you're a co-sponsor. I'm getting to the point, who really runs America? It's supposed to be we the people. It's supposed to be under our precious constitution, the idea, we the people, we the sovereign, we elect legislators, state and federal level, they make laws, and the structure of government with the three um, branches of government. You have the legislators make the law, you have the executive branch enforce the law, and the judiciary, which is supposed to interpret uh, the law. But all of that stems from the idea of we the people being the sovereign. But if you have social media giants setting down, shutting down speech, you have district attorneys who are clearly operating outside of any acceptable norms of uh, prosecution and prosecutorial standards. You have members of Congress who apparently won their elections. So I think there's some huge questions, Lindsey Graham's case and many others. Who's really running America? Well, it's not we the people. It's not. It's not we the people, and it's not really even the legislatures we elect to make the laws. Strings are being pulled behind the scenes all around America and all aspects of American life, which is leading to more and more deep upset on the part of many, many Americans, recognizing this is one way in which we are losing this country. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. So um, I call this next segment, Shall We Begin the Indictment Wars? You know... Quickly on Alvin Bragg, um, you know, he's indicted Trump on these charges that relate to this payment to of of um, alleged payment from Trump through his lawyer onto uh, this porn star. Um, it, uh, it kind of is being called a, a hush payment. But, you know, this is a, a case that was looked at by at least 
the FEC, at least a federal uh, federal prosecutor who is a Democrat, at least a state level Democrat prosecutor, all of whom said, there's nothing here. There's nothing here. And yet today in federal court, just shortly before the show started, uh, the one hour hearing ended, uh, Donald Trump appearing in federal court, uh, excuse me, in state court, indicted in 34 counts. I want to run through, before I get to the indictment wars, just run through the fallacy of this so far. Being indicted on 34 counts, 34 charges would make anyone who is ignorant, um, who doesn't really understand all the discretion prosecutors have, to conclude, well, there must be something there. That's an awful lot of smoke. There must be a fire there. Something really bad must be happening. Let me correct that, that just utter falsity. They have that expression about and a prosecutor worth anything worth, when worth his salt could indict a ham sandwich. And it is true that any prosecutor in this country assigned to a person saying, find a reason to prosecute this person could find a reason to prosecute this person. It is just within the, we have many, many laws on the books, the state levels and the federal level, have many, many prosecutors who have long history of looking at ways prosecutions uh, were brought about. You have, when you have the incentive to get someone and to find a reason to prosecute them, you can, and you can concoct a whole slew, 34 individual charges out of one alleged misstep one alleged wrongdoing. In fact, I'm going to tease right now my show on, on um, a week from Thursday. Uh, this coming Thursday, I have someone coming in, brilliant guy talking about central bank digital currency and many other things that are going to take your freedom away before you know it. The following Thursday, I have two people who are Texans who are under indictment uh, for their conduct on January 6th, literally under 30 seconds of interaction with the police. Not, never went inside the Capitol, never went inside the restricted area, 30 seconds of interaction, which amount to nothing, and they are facing nine charges, two felonies, seven misdemeanors. They'll be on the show a week from Thursday. I'm telling you that when a prosecutor wants to get you and they've been given the assignment, just get this person, they can. And in this case of Alvin Bragg, Bragg he is. And he's perfectly aware that other people far better informed and experienced in looking at federal election law said there's nothing here, but he doesn't care. He's found a way, he's found a vehicle to get Trump. So what I talked about, I called this segment actually the indictment wars. So there's a big uh, kind of push out there, you know, this idea that, well, if they're going to do this to Trump, why don't uh, Republican prosecutors start to go after a lot of the um of Democrats in this country. Oh, by the way, before I forget, the other just absurdity on the um, uh, on the whole uh, hearing that happened this morning, uh, the judge, the state court judge in New York, his adult daughter worked on the Kamala Harris for President campaign. It was called Kamala for the People. You know, it sounds like some socialist, which she is, but in any case, so the judge's daughter, who has got Trump in front of him on a 34-count indictment, uh, by Alvin Bragg, uh, funded by Soros, which I'll get to the next segment. His adult daughter, first of all, worked for Kamala Harris directly, her campaign, and now works for an organization that counts uh, the Kamala Harris team as among their clients. So this is not a neutral judge. In any other universe of sanity, he'd be considered, you know, possibly biased, but you know, I'm sure nothing's going to happen about that. 
Other little tidbits out of the hearing the judge did not impose a gag order, largely anticipated that he would, but he did not impose a gag order. Um, and so that is viewed as a positive thing. Um, obviously, President Trump entered uh, not guilty to all 34 charges uh, next hearing December 4th. And, you know, I'll tell you, before I get into this, you know, let's indict everybody else thing, it's really important to consider, you know, this is not just a some former president. This is not like indicting, you know, Jimmy Carter or, you know, someone who's, uh, you know, someone who's been president but long out of politics. This is the Biden administration. Now, I understand that this DA in Manhattan is a state level person indicting Trump, but this is still an indictment of a political opponent of the current president. Biden believes he's running again. I don't know if the Democrats are going to let him. You know, he's 80 years old. He's hasn't been running the place anyway. Maybe they like that. They want to just leave Obama in charge. But this is the indictment of uh, the, the most viable political opponent to the current administration. This is the indictment of Trump, who's soaring in the polls, soaring in donations, way over you know, in polling, way ahead of everybody else, including DeSantis. And I'm going to tell you, there is no way, in my opinion, no way that Alvin Bragg would have moved forward with this indictment of Trump without at least the tacit blessing of the Biden administration. Or put the other way, if the Biden administration or Merrick Garland, the DOJ, had the, the um, U.S. attorney, had called Alvin Bragg and said, don't do this, this is really bad for, the Amer for, for democracy, this is really bad for our republic, Alvin Bragg wouldn't have done it. It's at least tacit agreement from the powers that be in the Democrat Party trying to really take down a hit the only the most serious political opponent uh, to Biden. So it, it just it looks horrible, makes America look horrible. Um, but OK, so on this indictment battle thing, you know, I mentioned yesterday, I ran through a bunch of just quick examples in my first five about, you know, things that Hillary could have been indicted for Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, long, you know, just a track record of potential criminal indictments in the lives of both Hillary and Bill Clinton. And of course, no one ever indicts them. No one. It doesn't matter what they do, how bad it is, and conduct far worse than anything Trump has done. And the thing is, we know it, they know it, the Clintons know it, Alvin Bragg knows it, uh, Merrick Garland knows it, everybody knows this, that their, their party is rife with people far more uh, likely to be and deserving of indictment, and nothing happens. And yet, you know, you see Alvin Bragg go after Trump. And so people are saying, well, okay, if they're going to do that, you know, then let's, uh, why don't we just go ahead and, and you know, start indicting, uh, use state, the same kind of thing, state level district attorneys or state level attorneys to go after Democrats. And so you can run through the list. I mean, Hunter Biden is a, you know, just what was on his laptop, just what was on his laptop, easily, uh, easily someone you would consider likely to be able to be indicted and should be indicted. I mean, should have been indicted a long time ago. All that ever happens, you get out of the DOJ. Well, we're still looking into it. We're still kind of thinking about it. You know, we don't know yet. They, they don't want to indict the president's son and they just won't do it. That's the answer. They just won't do it for the same reasons they don't ever indict Hillary or Bill. So you have the Hunter Biden, but you know, you think of others. I mean, Nancy Pelosi, her and her husband's making uh, millions apparently with insider trading information, some kind of insider information. There's all sorts of things Nancy Pelosi could potentially be indicted over. Um, Hunter Biden, he would be seemingly you know a good candidate to be indicted. Um, you could also look at. Um, uh, you know, um, Obama, McConnell, Hunter. I mean, you can go a laundry list of 
of Democrats and have them indicted uh, in just kind of tit for tat. And I know, I mean, really people I know and respect, Tom Fitton, uh, the president of, of Judicial Watch, great guy. I happen to know him a little bit. You know, he's saying, look, you know, we have to fight back in some way. Why not go after Pelosi and Schumer and others? And he's saying if the DAs don't do this, they're not doing their job. They're not indicting in the same spirit, in the same you know, mentality that is driving Alvin Bragg. Other people, uh, Mike Davis, he's the president of the Article 3 Project and also former chief counsel and the for nomination of the Senate Judiciary Committee. He's just saying these people have got to get creative. Republican attorney generals, Republican DAs need to go after, um, need, need to go after people too. And you know what? I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. But you do have to ask, to what end? So we have a, a you know we have a a laundry list of indictments on the Republican side, the Democrat side. So we go after Obama over some filing, or you know he did take papers again. You know Trump had papers at Mar-a-Lago that were arguably covered by the uh, that you know he didn't hadn't yet classified uh, or declassified as he was able to do as president, as Obama did, where he was um, you know when he left office and his presidential library had papers he wasn't authorized to have, as Biden did, uh, they found and he had no presidential authority at the time he removed these documents. All those things don't matter. But Trump, you understand, even if somehow this Alvin Bragg realizes this is the dumbest thing I ever did, I'm going to withdraw the charges, I'm not going to prosecute, you know, that could happen, of course. But there are other charges lurking in the background. The left has decided get Trump is the highest law there is. So, okay, so you indulge this, this effort, which I'm not saying is meritless, but you go after, say, you know, Hunter Biden with state level charges. If you're in a Republican state with a Republican DA uh, who are Republican attorney general who will say, we're going to go after Hunter Biden, Nancy Pelosi, you know, name all, all the leftists and just get them entangled in prosecutions. Number one, I'm just going to say, I mean, maybe it sounds delicious and wouldn't be terrible, but I'm going to tell you, number one, nothing, nothing, no effort like that is going to stop the Get Trump movement. They're not going to stop going after him. It's not like we can just indict Hunter and just indict Nancy Pelosi um, and whoever else you name, Chuck Schumer, that all of a sudden the, um, you know, the Alvin Braggs of the world say, okay, okay, you know, this is getting tacky looking. We're looking like a third world banana republic. Even though I started, let's all stop. He's not going to do that because the effort to get Donald Trump is really the effort to shut down his reassertion of the identity and goodness and greatness of America. It is a, it is a, not just because they don't like him and he sends mean tweets. It's because he really became the boulder in the road that stopped the Democrat party from this effort to ongoing take down Marxist takedown of America. They're going to continue. So I don't know that it gets us to any good end. I don't mind indictments that are justified, but the other thing, going back to my point earlier, Every prosecutor worth his or her salt could indict anyone in this country. Anyone in this country could indict me, could indict you, could indict every single person you know, every state senator, every state official, every state house member. I mean, you, you could get that. They could find a basis to indict any of them. And a colorable charge that gets you in front of the, um, get you in front of the uh, powers that be, gets you in front of the, um, 
think, oh, okay, sorry. Uh, and, and so you end up in a big battle. I think what's really going to end it is a massive, massive, massive turnout in 2024 uh, in support of the Republican candidate, which I assume will be Trump. Because Trump can still, he's still running. Of course, he's still running. He's still running. He is still going to seek the nomination. Uh, he's going to seek to win the primary. He's still going to engage in the debates. Oh, by the way, that is actually interesting. This morning, there was a lot of concern. I know I mentioned that this gag order did not happen. Trump's attorneys have been concerned the judge would issue a gag order, uh, which he didn't. And I think that was really good because it would have made it harder and harder uh, for Donald Trump to participate in this uh, presidential campaign. But getting on this idea, should we just go, you know, get and enter the indictment wars? You know, I think probably there will be some uh, DAs or attorneys general, but we should not rest our hope in the idea. Well, once they indict the Democrats, everybody realizes we can't play this game anymore and they all stop and we all get back to acting like uh, the responsible uh, republic with a rule of law that we're supposed to be. There has to be such a massive turnout by the American people in rejection of everything the left is pulling, everything they are doing, that the left finally gets the message. I mean, we won't stop them, but at least to put uh, Trump or a Republican, but I think it'll be Trump, back in the, the White House in 2024 and have a massive, massive, massive cleaning out of the federal bureaucracies in the states where we can clean out the just insidious leftist ideology, leftist, uh, socialist, Marxist, tyrannical ideology that has just invaded the Democrat Party, weed it out of America. And, you know, I saw that uh, Rick Grinnell called for all of the other Republican candidates for president to drop out and endorse Trump. I didn't hear the speech. I read about it, but I didn't hear it. But he apparently made these remarks, you know, the way the left is going to get this signal, if every Republican candidate for president drops out and says, I'm dropping out because of this indictment and I endorse Donald Trump. I don't think it's going to happen. And I don't really, I mean, some of these people see, I mean, any Republican who's had a serious thought about whether they could run for president someday sees this as the most, I mean, the, the presidency is ripe for the picking for the Republicans. I mean, the country is out of minds angry at everything the Biden administration is doing. Can't wait to stop them. Can't wait to shut them down. So every Republican sees this as kind of the best opportunity in decades for an easy win for the Republican. Um, so I don't think they're going to drop out. But the, spend, the sentiment, at least, of Rick Grinnell, he is correct. He should have every Republican candidate for president should be not just issuing a mild denouncement of Alvin Bragg. And that doesn't seem I mean, Jeb, who's not running, thank goodness. But Jeb has some, you know, this doesn't this seems political. Oh, you think there, there should be a sharp harsh and repeated criticism of this DA Bragg and his whole team, everything they're doing by all the Republican candidates. The Democrats should be shamed over this. And the Republicans in the U.S. House and the U.S. Senate should be doing the same because we are being driven over the edge. We are being driven over the edge to becoming a banana republic, a place where we just, I mean, where we were once a shining city on the hill, and the country that taught the world how you can have a representative democracy and you can have rights and freedoms that are owned by the people. I mean, this, this indictment alone is a massive blow to America's image internationally, massive blow. And on top of that, when people in other countries are watching the way the Biden administration is conducting itself, I mean, treating the January 6th prisoners and everyone's awaiting trial, sitting, some not getting, not even having had a hearing, no due process. I mean, this is just a, 
We look like worse than a banana republic in the eyes of the world. And this is at the behest of the Biden administration. Understand, this is not anyone's fault but the Biden administration. The January 6th con the conduct of the DOJ. This is Biden's DOJ. This is Biden's FBI. Uh, the DOJ saying they're going to, they're, they plan on arresting another 1,000 to 1,200 more people who were in Washington that day. This is just nothing but revenge like like, like Stalin did, like, like evil leaders in, in, in the history of the world. And the countries around the world, civilized countries around the world can see this and they're all waiting to see, aren't you American people going to stop this guy? I mean, you're going to let this be the, what America becomes? I mean, it, it's a, just, just an impossibly serious time in America. So I, um, I'm thrilled that people are speaking up. I'm still, actually, I'll tell you one other quick thing. Uh, there was a column, uh, I was going to go through it more, but I don't have time today, but there's a great column written by Victor Davis Hanson, you know, one of the just really, really great thinkers of our era. He publishes at numerous places. This uh, article was actually published at his website, victorhanson.com. Victorhanson.com. It's just called Indict One Dash Indict All question mark. And he's going down the list, just even relative comparison of what Trump's being indicted for and what actually um, other Dem what Democrats could have been indicted for. You know, Hillary and Bill Clinton are they may take the cake in terms of just you know, the just endless lawlessness and with no bounds, no no interest. Uh, but Hunter Biden, obviously, uh, Andrew McCabe, John Brennan, uh, DNI James Clapper, James Comey, um, FBI Director, another one with Comey, Robert Mueller. I mean, there are just, there are many, many people who are, you know, legendary on the left who could have been and should have been indicted. Frankly, Biden should be indicted. Biden should be removed President Biden, just because he won't enforce the southern border. It's flat out treason. It's nothing less than treason. When you're the president in charge of the country and among your primary responsibilities is to secure the borders, to have, you know, um, you know our, our sovereign nation have integrity of the borders, and you just flake out and don't do it, that alone, that's enough. That's enough. Um, so you have all of these charges that should and probably in some cases could be made and yet the republicans are always you know the ones that hold back and you see many republicans regularly lamenting regularly lamenting that the republicans in washington never ever 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 fight never stand up never fight they get steamrolled over after issue after issue after issue and they're just clamoring for someone in Washington to get serious, to act like a serious Republican defending the Republic against this assault on our freedom. Uh, anyway, uh, so I, I'm not sure the, the I guess my culminating uh, idea, indicting a whole bunch of people might be on the Democrat side, do it at the state level like Alvin Bragg has done to Trump. It might get us somewhere. It'll certainly expose more of their just complete, you know, lawlessness of the left but it's not going to stop the left. There has to be such a massive outpouring of American support uh, for the rule of law, and in this case, for Donald Trump, because he is being railroaded, railroaded in a in manner unprecedented in all of American history. And Alvin Bragg knows it, and everyone around Alvin Bragg knows it, and the Democrat Party knows it, and Nancy Pelosi knows it, and Chuck Schumer knows it. Everybody, every leadership position in America on the Democrat and the Republican side, they fully understand Trump is being railroaded. And there needs to be a massive outcry 
even if you would never in a million years vote for Trump for president and you really prefer somebody else, even if you want Biden to run again and win again, you should be outraged and in the streets talking about what this has done to the American Republic. I have just a minute left before the uh, radio listeners go off to their break. So I'm quickly going to tell you, if you're listening to this, any place on iTunes, any place where you don't see the show, you're just hearing the show, whether it's on Brightian Radio, which I'm very grateful to be on Brightian Radio, anywhere else, I want to urge you to visit our website, americacanwetalk.org. Again, americacanwetalk.org. At that website, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter. It's a free weekly newsletter. I strongly urge you to sign up. Just click on the homepage, subscribe, put your email in. Uh, I have some really big news coming out very soon, so I hope you'll sign up then, uh, sign up for the newsletter. You can also make a donation to keep this show on air. I'd love for you to donate. This this is a listener-supported show. Also love if you would join America Can We Talk. There's a member tab on the homepage. You can join $50 a year, or you can pay more if you'd like to keep this show rocking and rolling. For radio listeners, come back in three minutes. I'll be right here talking with you. Okay, for everybody else who's um, the online listeners, um, I want to thank some people who have, um, I, I hear from readers all the time and listeners, I can't respond to all the emails, but I do want to say thank you once in a while to people who send emails and they send me messages on Messenger because my show is on Facebook. Um, and they send me messages and topics. And honestly, I appreciate every one of them. I don't have time always to respond to a lot of them, but I appreciate them. And especially people send in topics like, well, I wish you'd talk about this and I wish you talk about that. And so you know, I do try to respond. Um, and sometimes, uh, you know, many people will be sending a particular topic. A lot of people have been sending uh, notes about, we've got to talk more. We've got to explain more about CBDC, you know, which is central bank digital currency, or as I call it, communist banking digital control. CBDC is the communist takeover of America's system, America's banking system. You do not want it. Tomorrow, or excuse me, Thursday um, this week, I'm going to have a great guest on our special Thursday show, Kevin Freeman, explaining much more detail, not just about CBDC, but about many other the financial. And shenanigans is too cute a word. Shenanigans is like, you know, kids got in the cookie jar or something. But these are nefarious um projects and undertakings by the very anti-American left, essentially seeking to take down America, the capitalist, America the free, America the great. We'll be talking about the um, the danger of the, pet the uh, petrodollar challenge, the loss of America's gold standard. I mean, all of those topics relating to the value of the dollar, whether the dollar is going to continue to be the world's uh, you know, what, what the world relies on or not. I mean, they're just massively consequential uh, issues that relate to economics. And even if you're thinking, well, I'm not an economics person and I'm not rich, so I don't care. You will be made to care, as the saying goes. You will be made to care because when they're done playing with your banking account, your freedom, uh, and everything goes digital, if they really have their way in doing this, uh, you will understand how much you need to care because your freedom will be taken away. It'll be taken away. Uh, and then, and you won't figure out how to get it back. You have to get, you know, it'll be a lot of undoing uh, to undo everything that uh, the Biden administration has planned for you, uh, all much in cahoots with the World Economic Forum and all the globalist agenda floating around there. So this is, it's just a time for patriots to realize, you know, kind of, uh, this is for all the marbles, as they say, everything's at stake uh, in this country and for the future of freedom um, in America. So um, I wanted to make that pitch for tuning into my show uh, each day to talk about these things. I, I do this show to speak up for America. I don't, um, 
I don't have any other agenda. I just simply want to uh, stand up for the freedom America was founded on, unique, extraordinary greatness of America, uh, what America means to the world, how in America falls so many other countries and people will fall. Um, there are freedom lovers around the world looking to America, looking to the conservatives in America, looking to the patriots in America to saying, please hold on to this country. Do not just surrender to everything the Biden administration is trying to, trying to do to take away freedom in America. Okay, I, I have this next thing. I want to do this quick topic. I call it, yes, Bragg is a Soros DA. And the reason this matters, this has a lot to do with, uh, is a, it is about Alvin Bragg, the New York uh, DA, um, and his indictment of Trump that went down in the federal courts today. But um, it also has to do with the um, uh, what, who's funding him and why this happens. When I started the show today talking about who really runs America. Well, you know, one aspect of America being run is who decides who gets arrested what's criminal and, and what gets ignored? Who, who decides that? And the answer really is in the states in this country, and in the federal government too, the federal uh, crimes, but in the states at the district attorneys. And so the district attorneys almost everywhere are elected, you know, so people elect them. And once they're elected, their job, their district attorney job or state attorney general job um, is precisely to um, decide essentially who gets prosecuted. It's to decide you know, who is the one, uh, whether charges are justified in some case, uh, and you have, of course, you're aware with uh, George Soros funding, uh, finding left-leaning candidates to run for a DA or attorney general in, in uh, states around the country. And those people are, you know, essentially George Soros can put millions of dollars into campaigns, and that's much more money than ever was uh, formerly spent um, on these kind of races. There just wasn't a reason to spend that much money until Soros came along. But he's funding these races, these apparently low-level races that didn't seem politically consequential for a long time because he's trying to change America itself. He's trying to change America itself. George Soros is. So he identifies places where he thinks a Democrat candidate could win as district attorney or attorney general, and he pours millions into their campaigns. And what those DAs commit to in exchange is kind of the social justice warrior agenda. So, for example, these DAs decide, well, they're not going to prosecute, and where I used to live in Dallas County, we moved out of Dallas County, but the DA there, Soros funded, he doesn't prosecute theft up to, uh, if you just uh, shoplift, or steal in some other way, up to a value of $750. Originally, he was claiming, well, you know, it's only if they're poor and they really need it, but it turned out to be that you just don't get, you don't get arrested. You don't, in fact, shop owners now in Dallas don't even bother calling the police when they see a shoplifter because the DA is not going to prosecute. He's just gonna let them go. And so the police know this, it's very disheartening for them, disheartening for the store owners. So this um, Soros has funded many races for um, district attorney uh, prosecutors. And I sent Mr. Emilio a, uh, just one tweet. This was from a group, I wanna have you put that up if you could. So for, I'll tell you for our radio listeners, it's a tweet from an organization uh, that is essentially uh, backing law enforcement officers. And the, um, sorry, I'm trying to get to the uh, name of the group, but in any case, um, it is a, uh, it's a, an organization that tries to, is, is L-E-L-D-F, Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund, L-E-L-D-F. 
So they put out data about how many prosecutors in America are funded by George Soros. So the map people are looking at, it is a map of their, US now currently has 70, 70 Soros-backed social justice prosecutors. So they're not just there to prosecute crime and engage in the equal application of the law. They're there to say, in some things, we just don't think you ought to be prosecuting and you ought to stop pestering these people. We're not gonna count these things as serious crimes. And so, you know, we don't want, we want prosecutors who will just let shoplifting go. And it gets worse than shoplifting. It's minor offenses, even when violent, even when a gun is used, these people will let the defendants out on, on no bond at all or a small bond. And so the map shows uh, a concentration of them, a sad report, uh, a few in Texas, of course, our county here in Dallas, uh, all up and down the East Coast, Dor uh, Soros-funded prosecutors fill the seats, uh, DA seats, um, some up the Heartland in Oklahoma, uh, Kansas, and uh, Michigan, Colorado. So there are, you know, they're spread around, a few in California. And I'm getting at the point this is manipulation. You can come back to me now if you would. This is this is the point of his effort. It is not just to try to you know be nice and help some people who need campaign help. It is deliberately designed to put people in office who get onto the social justice warrior agenda. So they they are essentially people who would be very amenable to the get Trump mindset, who don't really believe in the rule of law who don't believe in the idea of the rule of law equally applicable to everyone, they believe in agenda law. Like the law schools I talked about in my show yesterday, I talked about these top law schools that now seem to be more geared toward agenda and advocacy as courses, as training grounds in law school, rather than teaching law students the basics, which you really have to know if you want to be a competent lawyer. But that's not where law schools, the top tier law schools are these days. Um, and it's not where some of these prosecutors are. So it's agenda driven, it's advocacy driven. So let's turn for just a second, because I said it's about media too. So right away, of course, people are pointing out that Alvin Bragg um, is a, uh, an, a George Soros funded uh, district attorney. You know, someone who just, um, in fact, Alvin Bragg had said early on, some statement in his campaign, which is being interpreted by people as, you know, I'm going to get Trump. I mean, pretty much I'm going to get Trump. In any case, so when this story began to emerge and many Republicans are pointing out, this is a George Soros funded, you know, anti-American, anti-law and order district attorney. And so the statement in, out of the media in this country, and I saw statements from CNBC, MSNBC, and other left-wing propaganda media outlets that quickly pounced on that statement saying, what are you talking about? You know, George Soros, you know, in fact, they went to Soros for a statement and he said, I didn't donate any money to Alvin Bragg, never met the man. That was George Soros's answer. And so you have to, as usual with the left, you have to dig because they're finding something that has a shred of truth in it. But the order, what the way it went was, uh, one, there's a uh, pack, a left-wing pack called uh, Color of Change pack, which focuses on race instead of merit. And those two things are entirely different. Color of Change pack uh, got all behind Alvin Bragg from Manhattan DA, said they wanted to shell out a million dollars to him. Six days later, uh, Soros steers a million dollars to the Color of Change pack, who then gives it to Alvin Bragg. So George Soros isn't 
technically lying because he really didn't directly donate a million dollars, but he donated to Color of Change. And maybe all I'm saying, you're thinking, duh, you're just figuring this out now. But it's important to understand why they go to these links, because there are a lot of ignorant people who will read the headline, Alvin Bragg denies, uh, you know, Soros money or Soros denies giving Alvin Bragg money. Soros says never met the man. No one is asking if you met the man. No one cares if you met them. Most people who donate to political campaigns in this country have never had the opportunity to meet the candidate. They donate because of what the person believes in. Soros gives money to color of change pack that gives that exact amount of money, passes it right along to Alvin Bragg. He is a Soros controlled DA. And again, much like the point that my friend um, uh, Sam Faddis made in the show last Wednesday, I think it was. By the way, if you missed that show, Sam Faddis interview last Wednesday, you must go listen to it. Extremely enlightening. But the basic point he was making was, Sam Faddis is making is, look, China does not give money to the Bidens over and over and over, as was proven from the Hunter Biden laptop, if Biden never does their bidding. Or put the other way, China is willing to continue to fund the Biden family to the tune of millions because Biden does do China's bidding. China doesn't keep handing out money if Biden is ignoring what China wants them to do. Same thing here. If you're a DA and you've taken that amazing amount of money to, to run a campaign to be DA, you've taken that money from George Soros, you do understand what your job is. Your job is to make sure that the Soros tenants, which are pretty much ultimately take down America, allow the criminal to go free, go after every conservative you can, trump up charges, so to speak, against Trump and anyone else the left hates. I mean, you, you understand your job as a DA is to be political. It is to be anti-rule of law is be designed to bring about chaos and let criminals loose when they shouldn't be let loose and, and fail to prosecute when you, sh when you should prosecute and prosecute when you shouldn't. You understand your job is no longer anything about the law. It's about a, a, an agenda of advocacy against America, against rule of law. And that's who really uh, this guy is, Alvin Bragg. So when the media outlets I'm talking about, like MSNBC and CNBC, I'm going to guess, I haven't seen it, I'm just going to wager a guess, CNN has weighed in somewhere saying, you can't say that George Soros gave money to Alvin Bragg because they never even met each other, or some other equally idiotic statement. Soros funds people who want to harm America. That's what he does. Soros himself wants to take down America. It's his purpose in life. Soros' purpose in life is not justice. It is not equality, it's not racial understanding, it is a takedown of America as a free and sovereign nation rooted in Judeo-Christian principles. All those ideas drive him nuts. What he loves is the idea of an international globalist ruling cabal, World Economic Forum, or whatever form is going to take, and sovereign nations, and especially these pesky nations rooted in Christianity and, and rooted in their ideas and Judeo-Christian principles are to be shut down and, and harmed. You know, I was going to do a little, I'm just going to mention for one minute, one quick thing about, um, about the same kind of thing happening where the left-wing media in this country, they, they find a tagline to talk about that completely misleads America, but in the abstract, it's not exactly untrue, like it's apparently 
not untrue. I mean, or apparently is true that so far as anybody knows, Soros hasn't met Alvin Bragg and Soros didn't write a million dollar check directly to Alvin Bragg, but Soros is funding him through a third party. Same kind of thing is happening in the world of election integrity with this ongoing battle over Eric, E-R-I-C, Eric. I'm going to get more into election fraud, I think tomorrow or else next Monday. The shows get packed, but ERIC stands for Electronic Registration Information Center. Electronic Registration Information Center. So it's a system that was designed to help states figure out whether people were um, enrolled in more than one state's voter rolls. And so, oh, that's a good idea, you know. You don't want someone voting in two states or three states. Um, they should only be voting in one state. So it sounds like a good idea in principle, and that's what they dedicate themselves allegedly, allegedly to in their founding. But... When you dig in, you realize that it is a Democrat front. It's a leftist front. And what they what they do with the information they have and how they permit sharing uh, and how they permit to be manipulated is designed to help the Democrats. Great, great piece out by the brilliant Emerald Robinson, brilliant writer. Um, her Anstock, I think it was just called... I forgot what her answer. Her, uh, she, anyway, she has a a, um, a, a page on Substack, um, and her Substack, um, and she has an article called "How Was Eric?" in all caps, all caps, E R I C. How was Eric used to steal elections? And she just wrote. She spells it out because otherwise, you hear all these people on the left, all the usual left wing, you know, mouthpieces saying, "How come the Republicans?" You know, are trying to get rid of Eric. Don't they want us to have clean election rules? I, I mean, they just, they're just duplicitous at their core. Anyway, I'm going to that more in a couple days, but do read the article if you have time to read it. I think we linked it on our page today. I'm not sure. I think it's on our website. Okay, last quick topic for the day um, is I called it Lindsey Graham clueless about restrict bill that he co-sponsors. So I didn't grab the clip, but a lot of you probably saw it. But let me, if you didn't, you can just look it up online. So Senator Lindsey Graham, representing South Carolina in the U.S. Senate since 2002, I think, um, is a, you know, is a character. He's a, you know, allegedly, sometimes he's a really strong Republican, but he's, he's just kind of smarm, in my view. He's smarmy. You never know where he's really going to come out. But in any case, um, he loves going to the talk shows. I mean, he loves his mug on camera. So he was interviewed by Jesse Waters, and Jesse Waters asked him about this Restrict Act. And I talked with you about the Restrict Act last week, I think. And basically, the Restrict Act was claimed to be, it was, you know, purported to be the act that the Senate and House were going to use to outlaw TikTok in America. TikTok, the, TikTok is the Chinese-based app, which, by the way, the Chinese government bans it. Did you know that? The Chinese government bans TikTok in their own country, but it's here and very popular with young people. And so there was a, a move in the Senate to uh, outlaw TikTok in America. And so this is what Restrict Act allegedly was going to do, was to uh, ban TikTok. But what actually happened to the bill was uh, a whole bunch of stuff got piled on, piled in. So we're essentially... The Restrict Act came out to be the most egregious, offensive attack on Americans' privacy, on the privacy of the American people. It is literally like the Patriot, Patriot Act on steroids, updated, really giving the federal government more and more right and ability, more and more right and ability to spy and, and legal right to spy on Americans through electronics of every conceivable kind. 
I mean, it's just the most egregious offense to any notion of privacy in America, any notion of the government needing probable cause before they spy on you, needing some degree of suspicion before they start listening to everything you do. It was legitimization. Frankly, probably a lot of what the government already does, but this was to make it all legal. And on top of all that, it didn't even ban TikTok. And so the Bill Restrict Act was you know, floating around the Senate and, and the more people are reading it, they're saying, what in the world is going on here? I mean, why is this bill being pushed that would destroy freedom for the American people? I mean, destroy privacy for the American people. Um, it would, I mean, um, so in any case, this debate ensued over, you know, who, what the bill really does, what happened to the banning of TikTok. So Senator Lindsey Graham goes on Jesse Waters, and so Jesse Waters is reading what the bill would allow. He's actually reading language, you know, from the bill saying any, and, and the bill over and over uses, you know, any uh, federal agency can can inv and, um, invade and, and spy on, essentially to use fancier terms, uh, any American for any reason, any electronics inside, outside your home, it is the most complete obliteration of your privacy imaginable. So Jesse Waters is reading all this to Senator uh, Lindsey Graham, who's not in studio with him. So there's split screen, you know, and Graham saying they're looking faces. Finally, he says, that's terrible. That's terrible. I'm paraphrasing. That's terrible. That, that's, we, that's, we can't do that. And so Jesse Waters says, well, well you're a co-sponsor of the bill. I mean, your name is on the bill as a co-sponsor, not just you, know, you can sign as a co-sponsor kind of saying, yeah, I'm taking the lead for this. I'm really with this. Or you're just kind of signing on or will support it. So on air, and this is a couple days ago, so you probably saw the story, but I'm getting to my point ties to something earlier. Senator Graham didn't know, didn't know he was on the bill and didn't know what it said. And he was very embarrassed and he was, you know, red faced, as they say, really caught embarrassed on air because he, after he's just finished saying, gosh, that sounds terrible. I can't believe what you're describing. Jesse Waters, you're describing all these terrible things. We should never allow that. And Jesse Waters saying, well, actually, you're on the bill. So Graham had no idea. And he said, well, I'm going to check in this. I'm going to get back to you. I'll figure this out. But kind of ties me back to my earlier point today. Who's in charge of America? I actually, it looked to me that Senator Graham was genuinely surprised. Like he actually didn't know that he was on the bill and he certainly didn't know what it said. He, like he had no idea. So, you know, people used to say, you know, back when, um, back by the way, when Hillary was a Senator, she, you know, she tried to do Obamacare one, you know, 1.0. She tried to do the entire, you know, um, take down America and, and our, our healthcare system um, and socializing medicine in America. She tried that and uh, her bill uh, failed. Senator uh, Clinton's bill failed. And she was livid reportedly from my friends who work in Washington telling me this, uh, livid because she blamed her staffer who actually wrote it because the staffer, you know, he was went too far. You know, you just can't do that. He went too far, blah, blah, blah. And so, uh, you know, she's acknowledging she has no idea what the staffer did. She wasn't in charge of it. Now, I understand that members of the House and members of the Senate do not actually have time to sit down and compose lengthy pieces of legislation. So they have to rely on staffers. They have to rely on people. They can say, here's what the bill should do. I want to do this, but not this. Support this. 
outlaw this, whatever it is, they, they give them the parameters, but the bill has to be written by staffers to start with. That was Hillary's case and why she was living with the staffer who she said just made it so complicated and, and so um, overreaching. That was, I think, her word, overreaching, uh, that it just was not palatable and she couldn't get it through back when she was a senator. So back to, to uh, Lindsey Graham. Who the heck's writing these bills? And I can tell you something. I know staffers have a huge job. Staffers do have to write the meat of many bills. The, the staffers write them, and there's actually a committee of people, not the direct staffers of the members of the Senate or the House members, but people whose job it is to write bills. You go to them and say, well, you know, we're trying to, this is what we want to look like. And it's very complex to write a bill because you have to make reference, if you've ever read a piece of federal legislation, is often incorporating uh, definitions from other bills. It's incorporating exemptions or exceptions or qualifiers. So it'll say, well, blah, 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 except in accordance with. So you've got to get the correct uh, federal code designation for all sorts of other bills that are written into the, I mean, it's complex to write a bill is my point. It's complex. And so you have staffers, but the real worry now is you have staffers and you have lobbyists, lobbyists who come to the senators and, or the senator office, they come to the house members and they say, hey, look, we're lobbying on behalf of big pharma. We're the Pfizer people, we're the whoever we are. We need this done. We need the law to say this. We need it to not say that. And we've even prepared a draft for you. Here's a, here's a bill, rock and roll. And so the staffers have to look at the bill to see, which has been drafted by lobbyists representing groups, big pharma, uh, the military, all sorts of mega, mega organizations in this country. They know what they want in the bill. They push it up to Congress. They're smart enough to draft it so it's not left to the devices of someone who might actually look up everything they're saying. So you got the, the lobbyists putting uh, their two cents in, donors, I mean donors to the members of the House and Senate. They may not be writing the bills, although some of them do hire someone to write, but they, they are very much shaping what these members will vote for. And so you get the end of the day, I'm going back to how I, I know it's overly simplistic, but America was founded on the idea that individual Americans, we are the sovereign. We are the sovereign, not the, not the elected government. We're the sovereign, we the people. We elect legislators to pass laws consistent with what they say they're going to do and what we are asked them to do. And those laws, complex as the process is, have to get written in a way that's consistent with what the will of the people is. But by the time you get to, to uh, someone's desk and, and in Congress or in the Senate, and you understand this bill is being pushed by Pfizer and they gave us X million dollars over the last uh, 10 years. They've given X dollars to IPAC. They've given this is what they want. And you're the senator with no time to read it and surely no time necessarily to know all the nuances and details. You kind of get pushed along. You get pushed along. And so you ask to answer my question much earlier, you know, who runs this country? Uh, it is not we the people. It is certainly the George Soros's of the world picking um, attorneys general, it is Obama and the whole uh, New World Order, George Soros, World Economic Forum, you know, the, the, the national, international banking uh, industry, all these people who want to be just kind of the, the above the fray of mere uh, sovereign nation America. Uh, social media giants, as you saw, just keeping right side broadcasting out of the Trump hearings this morning, uh, all the World Economic Forum, big, these people are pulling the strings of America. That's what's really happening.
And this is why in America, you have more people calling for a radical, radical cleaning out of our American government. We're at the close of the time almost for our radio listeners and for our listeners on Bradian Radio. And uh, if you're listening any other way, um, I want to thank you again for tuning in to America Can We Talk to urge you to go to americacanwetalk.org and on the homepage, subscribe to the newsletter, become a, a member of America Can We Talk and become a donor. Love to have you and come back every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk. Thank you so very much for listening. For everybody else, we close the show every single day by telling you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we start our show today talking about um, the first five who runs America, Biden, obviously senile, not mentally fit for any office, much less the presidency. CCP's balloon performed sensitive surveillance on U.S. military bases and was permitted to do so. Proxy war against Russia undeclared, but a full sway in the Ukraine while southern borders wide open. Destruction of fossil fuel industry, driving inflation, economic collapse without the consent of the government. Senator Lindsey Graham has no clue of the contents of the Restrict Act that he sponsors. Deep state, completely rogue and unhinged in pursuit of get Trump without regard to the rule of law. Americans deep angst about the future of our country is fully justified exactly who is making governing decisions in 2023 in the United States of America. No transparency in government, no trust in government, no respect for government. No government can confine, continue if zero trust in honesty and decency. Americans can and must rise to restore their country under God. And we have, shall we begin the indictment wars? Conservative commentators calling out for GOP DAs to turn tables on Democrats, start state prosecutions of Obama, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, Hillary, Nancy Pelosi, etc. Stand up and fight sentiment is warranted, but where would this lead? The left will never stop. The USA cannot survive a descent into the criminalization of politics, but also cannot survive a, a ruling class devoid of honesty, decency, and morality. The American people are not the problem. The American ruling class is the problem. Question for the ages, can the American people rise and restore their country? The founders turned to divine providence. So must we Americans today. Yes, Bragg is a Soros DA. Mainstream media forever trying to deny Soros influence on the leftist Marxist takeover of the USA i.e. Soros hasn't personally met with Alvin Bragg. This is sophistry and is answered by follow the money. Soros operates through dozens of corporate cutouts, such as color of change. Six days later, so color of change wants him. Um, six days later, Soros directs a million dollars to color of change and Bragg thanks him for it. Soros has openly acknowledged his desire to take down America. America is the obstacle to Soros' ideal of a religion-free, government-controlled, open society. The left has always embraced the ends justify the means. That's why Bragg does what he does. He doesn't care if it violates laws, norms, and decency. America's ideals have blessed the world and Soros seeks to destroy America. What else does anyone need to know about George Soros? On our final segment, I cannot read this why it matters because we're tight on time as about Lindsey Graham clueless about the restrict act he co-sponsors you can read our why it matters at, you can go back to me read our, our why it matters at our website at americacanwetalk.org we are out of time on this day thank you so very much for tuning in to America Can We Talk Monday through Thursday 3 p.m. Central Time where I always talk truth about America Can we talk truth about America? Can you